dark farmhouses against the sky. Every night I must wonder why. Harness on the left leg keeps wrinkling. You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show with Gavin Walker coming right up right now.
We would like to welcome you to the uh, Queen Vicky edition of The Jazz Show. Oh, yes. Well, of course, uh, today was a holiday for most people throughout the country, and we are actually celebrating the official birthday, or at least the birthday holiday, of the legendary Queen Victoria. And uh, that's always fun to... uh, mention that to American friends. They always say, you all got a holiday up in Canada, huh? You're going to have a long weekend, huh? What's the holiday all about? And of course, uh, you know, you look at them straight in the eye and say, well, it's Queen Victoria's birthday. And they go, what? What's that again? <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, it's uh, it's always fun. Uh, Queen Victoria was uh, was quite the lady, quite the lady. She survived. I, I just found out recently that she survived seven assassination attempts during her long range. And and, and uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth is very close. Our Queen Elizabeth is very close to being the longest reigning monarch. But I think Victoria still holds the record. And. Uh, of course, uh, she was monarch when, um, well, let's say British colonies were all over the world. And the world was painted red. If you go back and look at those old uh, globes that uh, uh, from the early 20th century in school, all that red uh, stuff on the globe was all British colonies. That's right. So that was a big one, and that was during her time. And, of course, uh, the end of the British Empire came when, uh, really, when India uh, declared its independence in 1947. And that was pretty well uh, the end of uh, all of that kind of stuff. Anyhow, regardless, we're not here to uh, (laughs) discuss anything more about Queen Victoria um, other than I hope that you did enjoy the day off for a lot of people, and it was a beautiful day as well, so that's good. This is The Jazz Show, and my name is Gavin Walker, and we're here every Monday night with some of the very best in jazz, and tonight is no exception. And we have a lot to cover this evening, but our jazz feature is prominent, and it's first. And tonight, we're going to take you back to a club in Queens, in New York, in 1963, January 1963. This is a radio broadcast. Uh, This has just been made public in the last little while, and it features the great, and during his lifetime, uh, unsung hero of the trumpet, Kenny Dorham. He had the respect of musicians, uh, and everything else, but somehow he was always kind of overlooked. He was always kind of a, a second party. And I think during his uh, lifetime, which was fairly short, he was only 48 when he passed away, died of uh, kidney failure. Kenny Dorham was, um, well, he wasn't, let's face it, he wasn't a saint, but he wasn't a senator either. He actually led a good life. He was a very responsible um, parent and uh, did his best. He raised three wonderful daughters. One of them is a friend of mine, Yvette Dorham, his eldest daughter, and she takes care of her dad's legacy. Kenny Dorham was born in 1924 um, in Fairfield, Texas, and passed away in New York City 
1972, and we lost one of the great voices of the trumpet. Kenny was always around, um, but it was seemed in the 40s that uh, even though he was on the scene playing well and was in New York playing with all these great bands, the uh, big Billy Eckstein band, he um, uh, was on his own, made some great records with uh, Fats Navarro, but he was overshadowed at the time by Fats Navarro, who, of course, was one of the most influential trumpet, trumpet players of his generation, even though he only lived to 26. Um, Fats set the standard. And, of course, there were other two other trumpet players on the scene at the time, a young developing uh, trumpeter who was working with Charlie Parker. I think you might know his name. His name was Miles Davis. And, of course, there was Dizzy Gillespie, above all, the great pioneer of modern jazz. So somehow Kenny Dorham became, a, even though he was respected and and um, busy as a musician, it was kind of, oh, yeah, Kenny Dorham, yeah, yeah, he's pretty good, too. Um, he suffered from that during during his career. And, of course, when he fully developed his style in the 50s and made some very prominent records, along came a young trumpet phenomenon by the name of Clifford Brown, who overshadowed just about everybody during his very short lifetime and became the influence on trumpet. And once again... Kenny Dorham was, well, he's always around, and they mentioned him. So that's what happened. And, of course, when Kenny Dorham moved into the 60s, where he was very busy and recording a lot, and this is uh, our jazz feature, is his um, fully developed style in the 60s, the mature um, style of Kenny Dorham, he was overshadowed by the young phenomenon Freddie Hubbard, and also Lee Morgan. And uh, so each time on the scene, his, his prominence was kind of overshadowed. So he suffered uh, during his lifetime from being underrated. Now, of course, um, you, you know, a very good friend of mine was telling me, he's a very fine trumpet player. Uh, may, many of you may know him, Chris Davis, uh, who, who plays here uh, locally and uh, is a great musician. Uh, one of his trumpet teachers told him that Kenny Dorham couldn't play, and Chris was um, actually changed teachers because of that. He was so angry with this man because he, he loved Kenny Dorham's playing, and uh, here's this uh, trumpet teacher saying, well, you know, he's, Kenny Dorham's not even a good trumpet player, you know, that sort of thing. So <laughs> there you go. So somehow... <laughs> He always got shafted. Poor Kenny Dorham always got shafted somehow. But nowadays, most young trumpet players are looking to Kenny Dorham for inspiration because he had a beautiful sound. He could break your heart on a ballad, and yet he could uh, he could shout uh, with the best of the trumpet players. And he had a unique way of improvising. He played between the cracks. And, and that's a hard thing to describe without getting into technicalities. But Kenny Dorham had such an acute uh, harmonic sense because he was an excellent piano player. He also, as a lot of people uh, don't know this, but Kenny Dorham was actually a very good tenor saxophone player. And he was also a singer. 
And uh, but he fully understood harmony so much and used it in his style and uh, was able to play some of the most um, fascinating variations and and uh, through um, a series of chord changes and 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 be very very interesting in in all of his solos and of course his status now as a jazz giant is definitely been established. Kenny Dorham is one of the all-time great trumpet players, and he's up there with Dizzy, Miles, Fats, Freddie Hubbard, Lee Morgan, Woody Shaw, all of those people that, that actually, and Clifford Brown, of course, who created the language of the trumpet. I should mention Chet Baker, too, because he was very... Uh, unique stylist, and uh, we should never forget Chet. Anyway, Kenny Dorham. This was recorded at a place in Queens, as I mentioned before, called the Flamboyant. That was the name of the club, and this is actually a radio broadcast, so we're going to hear the host a couple of times on here, the very um, lucid and radio-friendly and very smart, he was a jazz lover, Alan Grant. And he was one of the best DJs in New York at the time. And he's going to chat with the band uh, between tunes and uh, banter a little bit. So we're going to hear his voice on these recordings. The other important part of these recordings is Kenny Dorham's association with the great young, at the time, unknown, relatively unknown saxophonist who had just arrived in New York, Joe Henderson. And they formed a partnership. They made a whole series of albums on Blue Note Records not long after this broadcast. Um, And, of course, uh, they changed the way that we perceive jazz. And these recordings are now classics. Um, Sometimes they were under Dorham's leadership, and sometimes they were under Henderson's leadership. But they were always Kenny Dorham and Joe Henderson were a pair. And... Um, it was. These are some of the earliest New York um, recordings of Joe Henderson. He had just arrived, and he had just hooked up with Kenny Dorham, and they were forming their musical uh, friendship and um, and their personal friendship as well. So, these recordings are important for that reason. And Henderson proves himself on these recordings that he was definitely no slouch, and he had all his stuff together. He was ready for New York, and they were ready for him. On piano, a wonderful piano player, uh, underrated, but one of those really reliable, solid piano players that was around the New York scene at the time, recorded with all kinds of people. His name is Ronnie Matthews. Ronnie Matthews on piano. On bass was a cousin of John Coltrane's and uh, through marriage. And uh, he actually was in the very first John Coltrane quartet. And he was later on, he was replaced by, um, first of all, Reggie Workman and then Jimmy Garrison. But he was the first bass player when John Coltrane moved out on his own and formed his quartet, and the bass player is Steve Davis. Wonderful, solid bassist. And the drummer is a favorite of mine, 
John Curtis Moses, J.C. Moses. Uh, um, now, he didn't record a lot, but he's on some very significant recordings, and I love the way he plays. Um, he's like Kenny Dorham, in a way, on the drums. He kind of plays between the cracks, and he has a, a unique uh, rhythmic style as well. And I, I've always dug his playing, and, of course, he's no longer with us. But I've, I always thought he was an exceptionally talented and original drummer. J.C. Moses. So that's the personnel. Kenny Dorham on trumpet, Joe Henderson, tenor saxophone, Ronnie Matthews on piano, Steve Davis on bass, and J.C. Moses on drums. And, of course, the MC here is the great Alan Grant. This was recorded, as I said, at the Flamboyant in Queens on Tuesday, January 15th, 1963, shortly after midnight. The uh, set begins with a Ronnie Matthews composition, Perfectly suited to Kenny Dorham because he loved tunes in the minor key. And this is perfect. And uh, this tune is called Dorian. Um, then we're going to hear a few words from Alan Grant. And then Kenny Dorham's going to do the Trumpeter's Anthem. Great standard tune by Vernon Duke and George Gershwin. I can't get started with you. And then we're going to hear a version, another Gershwin tune, of course, the most popular tune that everybody knows, Summertime. And then uh, Alan Grant is going to uh, talk to Kenny for a minute, and he's going to introduce a tune that we know as Una Mas, which became the title of one of Kenny's finest albums. But the original title of this tune had a ra was rather mysterious, and Kenny called it My Engine from Brazil. All right, so there you go. That was the original title of Una Mas, and, but we're going to hear that. Uh, following that is going to be a great, another great standard tune, Autumn Leaves, and Alan Grant's going to chat for a minute, and the final tune is a Kenny Dorham original called Straight Ahead, um, but it's also known as Dynamo. So that's it. We take you to the Flamboyant, January 15th, 1963, Kenny Dorham and Joe Henderson and company, our jazz feature. Here we go. Starting off the show, here is a thing written by Ronnie Matthews, who's the pianist with our group. Here is the very interesting and beautiful, which is jazz, Dorian. Thank you. 
Beautiful indeed. Mr. Ronnie Matthews, I want to congratulate you on that tune. And it's only because you're a Boys High alumni. Yes, I'm hip. <laughs> Ronnie is uh, one of our Brooklyn boys at the pianist from Brooklyn, one of the Boys High. That's the school I went to. Max Roach. Anyhow, talking about where the gentlemen are from, Kenny is from Texas. And uh, Joe Henderson is from Detroit, our tenor man. Steve Davis, the bassist, is from Philadelphia. And J.C. Moses, who keeps the whole group together on drums, is from Pittsburgh. And uh, I would suggest that if you happen to be driving around in the area of uh, Queens Boulevard and 65th Road, drop into the Flamboyant because this is a very beautiful club. Kenny Durham will be here up until just about 3.30, maybe 4 o'clock in the morning, depending upon how Norby Walters feels. See. And uh, we'd love for you to come by. There's no cover. There's no minimum. There's no, <laughs> no admittance charge. Just some good sounds of jazz. And we're continuing with this every Monday night. We'd love for you to come by. Really, we would. 65th Road and Queens Boulevard. Norby Waters, flamboyant. There you go. Kenny, come over here. I noticed that you, 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 you're kind of beautiful tonight, the things that you're doing, eh? Gee, thank you. Got, you got another kind of a groove going here tonight, eh? Well, the guys seem to feel very romantic or something. Is that so what it is? I'm just falling in line <laughs> with everyone, you know? I just wanted to make mention that Kenny Durham will be here next Monday night, too, and the Monday after that. Yes. So uh, we'd like for you to come by and drop in and catch this wonderful talent. Please do. We need the bread. <laughs> Here's Kenny and uh, can't get started.
told you, Kenny's real, real beautiful tonight. I don't mind the feedbacks on my voice, as long as we don't get it on the music. That's the important thing.
They got some delicious food here at the Flamboyant. On Thursday nights, it's the um, that's the uh, Latin night on Thursday nights, and on Fridays and Saturday nights they have dancing here. They have a show, and uh, everything every night. There's always something happening here at the Flamboyant. Very beautiful place, and of course, uh, as you do know, on Monday nights, that's our jazz night. And we'd love for you to come by. Really, we would. Kenny Durham with the quintet will be back with us next Monday night on the show. I'm happy to say. And uh, <laughs> Norby's happy about that, too. Of course, Norby and I would be much more happier if the place was jammed, but uh, it's getting better, let's put it that way. And uh, eventually, I think that uh, this is going to be a real jumping room on a Monday night. So kind of get into the festivities and make it your business to come by on a Monday night. <laughs> no cover, no minimum, no admittance charge, no what? No, but good jazz, good jazz, good food. And, uh, oh, by the way, for requests, you can call in now at Defender 55059. I know that during the week we got, oh, requests. Saturday night, I don't suppose, as long as I've been in radio, I don't suppose I've ever gotten as many requests as I did Saturday night. I could have been on for three days and continually played jazz of things that you've been asking for. And I'm happy to see that uh, the people out there are, are digging a good jazz show. I don't know which one it is, but they're they're digging a good, <laughs> but they're digging a good jazz show. <laughs> what? This is an original tune written by uh, Kenny Durham, and uh, his answer to the bossa nova. This is my engine from Brazil, Kenny Durham with the quintet.
Uh, we talked about this about a couple of weeks ago, and I just wanted to make mention of this right now because uh, we've got some kind of a jazz club going here. I think you heard me talking about this about two weeks ago, and I'd love for all of our listeners, as many as we possibly can, to write to me personally, to Alan Grant in care of WRFM or WWRL, whichever station you happen to be listening to, and put your name and address on a postal card so we can get one of these club membership cards back to you. Now, there's no uh, membership fee or anything like that, and we'd like to have you join this club so that in the future, in the very near future, you can kind of join in with us and dig some great sounds of great jazz artists that we will be having live for you. So there. Back to Kenny Durham with the quintet, and before he goes off, wait a minute, Kenny, I want to make mention that it's uh, Joe Henderson at Cook and Beautiful Tenor Man, Steve Davis on bass, Ronnie Matthews, the piano player. Doesn't that sound funny, the piano player, the pianist? And J.C. Moses on drums. And uh, this is Dynamo. This is uh, Kenny's theme.
Sounds of Jazz, direct from the Flamboyant on 65th Road and Queens Boulevard. Cooking things here on our Concepts and Jazz show. Now, we'll be continuing with the show up until 3, so stay right where you're at. This has been Kenny Durham with the Quintet. And in New York, you're listening to WWRL in New York at 1600 and WRFM 105.1 on your FM dial. <laughs> All right. Well, we take you uh, to the present day and you're listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, uh, www.citr.ca. That has been our jazz feature. And of course, that was a radio broadcast and reasonably well recorded as well. Uh, this um, disc only surfaced uh, fairly recently, and of course it's so valuable because it's the earliest um, available evidence between the great friendship musically and personally between the wonderful trumpeter Kenny Dorham and the younger man who had just burst onto the New York scene, Joe Henderson, who went on to, of course, become one of the most important tenor saxophonists of this or any other generation. And um, this was the beginning of their alliance, and um, we heard some great music from that, as well as a great supporting band as well. The uh, genial host was the very knowledgeable Alan Grant, who was very well-liked and respected by uh, most musicians around New York and um, was a great, uh, a great fan of jazz and stuck up with the music and uh, made sure that uh, uh, people got um, the best of uh, jazz music. Um, there's a lot of uh, Alan Grant uh, broadcasts that have surfaced over the years, and they're all great. This was recorded on... Early Tuesday morning, after midnight, January 15th, 1963, at a club in Queens called the Flamboyant. And um, we heard, of course, Kenny Dorham on trumpet, Joe Henderson on tenor saxophone, the wonderful Ronnie Matthews on piano, Steve Davis on bass, and John Curtis Moses on drums, J.C. Moses, and a very fine drummer, one of my favorite drummers. I wish he was still around because uh, I would have loved to make some music with him. Anyway, we heard the, the tunes. Uh, we opened with Ronnie Matthews' intriguing original. Of course, of course, it was in a minor key, and that appealed to Kenny Dorham. He loved tunes that were uh, in, a, in minor keys, and uh, Ronnie Matthews' Dorian was uh, filled the bill. That was the first tune. Uh, then we went on to a great rendition of um, the classic ballad, I Can't Get Started With You, written by Vernon Duke, and then into Summertime by George Gershwin. Then Kenny Dorham's original, which is known as to most of us as Una Mas, um, the original title, uh, while well, Kenny was inspired, um, he had done a tour of Brazil, first time he had been to South America, and uh, he called the tune My Engine from Brazil because he met, he met a lot of indigenous people there as well and uh, played some music with them. So that was dedicated to, I guess, a, a, a person of indigenous background uh, from Brazil. So he called it My Engine from Brazil, but uh, later on it became known as Una Mas, and it was the title of one of Kenny Dorham's most 
famous Blue Note albums. And, of course, that's the one that featured, well, of course, Joe Henderson. And they recorded together for years for uh, Blue Note Records. We followed that with um, the standard Autumn Leaves. And then, uh, although it was interrupted, we heard a little taste of uh, a tune called Dynamo A, um, which sort of segued into Kenny Dorham's uh, original, uh, based on the same progressions, I Got Rhythm progressions, called Straight Ahead. So that was the broadcast, and that's the music. And I hope you enjoyed our jazz feature this evening. We're going to have a complete change of pace. Um, We're going to take you from uh, the east coast of the United States for, for now, and we're going to take you to the Middle East for our next set. That's right. <laughs> All right. So we hope you can stay with us for a little while, uh, if not for the rest of the show. Uh, we've got a few things to uh, tell you about and a few uh, um, bits of information that uh, you will probably appreciate. So there you go. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR, and we're also on the web at citr.ca. And we'll be right back after these salient messages. Whoever said money can't buy you friends obviously wasn't a member at CITR. When you become a member, you get the Friends of CITR card with incredible discounts on Commercial Drive and other areas at Bone Rattle Music Limited, High Life Records, People's Co-op Bookstore, Audio Pile Records, Bad Bird Media, Band Merch Canada, Vancouver Music Gallery, and Pandora's Box Rehearsal Studios. To find out more, visit us in room 233 of the sub on the UBC campus or go online to citr.ca. Want to know what's up at UBC? Read the UBC. It's only the largest student newspaper in Western Canada, and it's written and edited entirely by UBC students. The UBC is your source for on-campus news, culture, and sports. New editions come out every Monday and Thursday. For breaking news, as well as amazing videos and blogs, check out ubc.ca. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Honkameenam-speaking Musqueam people.
Well, we've got some good weather for you. Actually, uh, all blessed by Queen Victoria. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, uh, she's up there somewhere or, <laughs> well, wherever she is. I uh, can't say whether she's up there or not, but uh, whatever. Tonight is just a few clouds with a low of 13. The rest of the week, damn, it's going to be sunny and beautiful for the rest of the week. So um, enjoy, even though a lot, a lot of people have to go back to work and that sort of thing. Uh, you can still get out and enjoy the weather because it's going to make everybody feel better. So that's good. Tomorrow is sunny. Wednesday is sunny. Thursday is sunny. Friday and Saturday is a mix of sun and cloud. And the temperatures for all of those days are between 13 uh, for a low, which is very comfortable, and highs between 21 and 26 so that's going to be awfully nice. So this is a really, really nice period of good weather. So I um, hope you can, can get out and enjoy it. Our next set, we're going to take you to the Middle East. And, uh, you know, um, we hear a lot about the Middle East, of course. I mean, there's the age-old uh, age conflict uh, that we know between um, the Jews and the Palestinians, and we hear about all of the 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 the, the um, rioting, the 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 wars, and the um, fights between Muslim sects and um, the 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 Sunnis and the Shiites, and uh, all the different countries uh, there. It's a volatile area, but you know, um, let's forget about all that and think about some of the culture that's from that. That's, that's some ancient culture that goes back before um, European history, long before, and the music. And there's a lot of beautiful things that have come out of the um, Middle East uh, musically. And this is a very interesting um, set of tunes we're going to listen to. This is from an album that came out, and he's done several. This man is uh, Lebanese descent, and he plays the oud, uh, which is O-U-D. And it's a stringed instrument, and, and, uh, but it doesn't have a nasal kind of a twang to it like some of the stringed instruments. It's got a beautiful sound. And uh, this man is a virtuoso uh, of that instrument, but he's also very open uh, with his music and, of course, knows that uh, uh, he can use great jazz musicians to enhance his music, and uh, he does on this album. This is an album that came out on Andrew Records called Blue Camel. And uh, the gentleman we're talking about is um, Rabi Abu Khalil, and he is uh, originally from Lebanon, and he is a, a virtuoso of the oud. And um, that instrument, of course, is very common in, in countries like Jordan, um, Israel, parts of Israel at least, um, also very common in Syria and Lebanon, of course, and uh, um, of, and it's, it's used in um, the folk music of that era and, of course, uh, used in dance music and all this kind of stuff. It's a very popular instrument, but this man is an exceptional virtuoso on it. He um, is using one of the great voices of the alto saxophone, one of my favorites, one of the most passionate voices of the alto saxophone, the late, great Charlie Mariano. On trumpet is 
Kenny Wheeler, a gentleman who was born in Toronto, moved to London to um, jazz fame, and of course was one of the leading um, exponents of the trumpet. He's a wonderful composer, of course, we all know, but uh, definitely a musical icon. We're going to hear Kenny Wheeler on trumpet and flugelhorn uh, on this date. On bass is Steve Swallow, of course, is one of the masters of the electric bass. On conga drums is a gentleman from South America by the name of Milton Cardona. And uh, on the Middle Eastern drums is a gentleman named Nabil Kayat, and he's on frame drums. And another gentleman from the, um, actually from India, is on South Indian drums and percussion. His name is Ramesh Scholtam. And all of this was recorded in Germany in 1992, and all the compositions are by the leader, uh, Rabbi Abdul Khalil. And uh, we're going to listen to a couple of tunes, maybe three. And we're going to open with one called Sahara, and then we're going to move on. I'll tell you what the tunes are after we listen to them. So here, then, is a most interesting take and... um, on music, and it's derived from music from the Middle East. So sit back and enjoy this stuff. It's great. Thank you. 
Thank you.
Well, we took you, <laughs> we took you into the Middle East, into uh, Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, Israel. Yes, um, those countries for this style of music. This is um, all played and led by a gentleman uh, originally from Lebanon, and his name is Rabbi Abdul Khalil, and he played the oud, which of course is uh, one of the most popular instruments uh, in the Middle East, and he is a virtuoso of that uh, beautiful instrument. I like it because it's, uh, it's a beautiful-sounding stringed instrument, but it doesn't have that twangy kind of uh, uh, thing that some stringed instruments have. And, of course, he's a virtuoso on that, and he wrote all the music and used some great jazz musicians to enhance uh, what, he was, what he was doing. And... The pieces, this is from an album entitled Blue Camel, and it came out on Inja Records. It recorded in 1992 in, uh, in Germany, and he's recorded a lot of stuff, and um, this is just one of his albums. But it featured the great Charlie Mariano, the great late Charlie Mariano on alto saxophone, originally from Boston, and Canadian-born Kenny Wheeler on trumpet and flugelhorn. Also on electric bass, one of the great virtuosos, Steve Swallow. On conga drums, Milton Cardona from South America. And then some uh, uh, a Middle Eastern musician and a South Indian musician. Uh, we heard Nabil Kayat on frame drums. And from India, Ramesh Shotam on South Indian drums and percussion. The pieces of music we heard, we opened with a composition called Sahara. Then we went to the title track. Um, the second piece was called Blue Camel. The third piece was entitled A Night in the Mountains. And the fourth piece was called Sarka, all written by Rabbi Abdu Khalil. All right. I hope you enjoyed that uh, kind of um, diverse musical path, and uh, a lot of great solos, of course, by uh, everybody in, the, in that group. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9, broadcasting right out here at uh, the University of British Columbia on unceded Musqueam territory. We're also on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show. Now we're going to return with something down-earth, real-earthy. One of my favorite blues singers, Big Joe Turner, whose birthday it would be today, May the 18th. He was born May the 18th, 1911, and passed away at age 74 in November of 1985. Big Joe, of course, was a big part of, uh, of jazz music. He um, sang uh, and was on a lot of important early records. He kind of he was self-taught as a singer and he just began singing the blues. Um, he worked in Kansas City at some of the most famous clubs there as a bartender, and of course he would sing from behind the bar, and he became. Um, known as the singing bartender. 
But uh, Big Joe was worshipped by everybody, and I, I just love his voice and his whole approach. Um, what a, a great uh, a great urban blues singer Joe Turner was. So here he is with the Count Basie Band, singing in front of the Basie Band. What could be better uh, in concert? We're going to hear one of his classic tunes. We're going to open with Flip, Flop, and Fly, written by Joe Turner. And then one of the most famous blues tunes, written by Memphis Slim or Peter Chapman, Every Day I Have the Blues. And then we're going to uh, end with uh, a Count Basie, Eddie Dorham, uh, Jimmy Rushing tune called Good Morning Blues. And uh, I'll let you know if there's any significant uh, soloists on here. Uh, I believe um, there's going to be one on the first tune, and that's the great Jimmy Forrest on tenor saxophone. But the Basie, this is the the Basie band from the 70s, and of course in the rhythm section, uh, of course the Count on piano, Freddie Green always on rhythm guitar, Norman Keenan on bass, and the great Sonny Payne on drums was still with the Basie band. Anyway, here are the tunes, and we begin with Flip, Flop, and Fly, Big Joe Turner. Don't ever leave me 
that saxophone player back there. Never hear that if I don't get him to play it. 
come on in.
All right, a big happy birthday to Big Joe Turner, one of the great blues singers in jazz history. And, of course, uh, what could be better than singing in front of the Cal Basie Band? And we heard three tunes by Big Joe, recorded in uh, Paris in 1972. And this, uh, the first tune was, of course, one of his most famous, Flip, Flop, and Fly, and the second tune was uh, Memphis Slim's great uh, uh, anthem, Memphis Slim, also known as Peter Chapman, Every Day I Have the Blues. And then finally, the Count Basie, Eddie Durham, Jimmy Rushing tune called The Good Morning Blues closed the set. And we heard some solos in there by saxophonist um, Jimmy Forrest uh, and Eddie Lockjaw Davis as well, and Eric Dixon three uh, great tenor saxophone players that were with the Basie Band at that time. And, of course, um, the rest of the guys and that great rhythm section, Freddie Green on guitar, Norman Keenan on bass, and Sonny Payne on drums, and, of course, Count Basie at the piano. And uh, Basie and, and Joe Turner went back a long, long time. They met uh, when Basie was just starting, uh, when he had moved to Kansas City, and uh, formed his first band way back in the early 30s. And uh, Basie and Joe were uh, old buddies. So it was a great honor for Joe and a great honor for Cal Basie. We hope you enjoyed that little set. We're going to be back in uh, a few moments with uh, some more wonderful music, this time by my good friend John Handy. And John uh, from... A selection from his uh, wonderful album that he recorded in 1967 at the Village Gate in New York. We're going to hear a piece of music by John from his album, New View. But first, I'd just like to remind you that you are listening to CITR-FM 101.9, broadcasting from out here at UBC on unceded Musqueam territory. And, of course, we're also on the web, which is citr.ca. Then you can live stream us, listen over your computer, all that kind of stuff, and you can check out our podcasts as well. Uh, they're all up there on FeedBurner, and uh, you can uh, go and listen to past shows and all that sort of stuff, which is uh, great. My name's Gavin Walker. This is The Jazz Show. And uh, I'd just like to tell you a couple of great websites to get onto, and we'll be doing more um, next month about the jazz festival. As a matter of fact, our June the 8th show, so mark that down on your calendar, Monday, June the 8th, uh, John Orsick and I will be together as we are every year, and John, of course, I turn the show basically over to John. Uh, he is the media director for the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, the people that produce um, the most important cultural event in Vancouver. That is the Vancouver International Jazz Festival. And John is the media director. And, of course, uh, he'll be bringing all kinds of music out here to uh, present to you and give you an idea of what's happening at this year's Jazz Festival. And it's a biggie this year because it's their 30th anniversary and um, the programs have been expanded. There's more days, uh, the more musicians, just more events. So a very, very special year this year. The Jazz Festival is 30 years old. 
So that's going to be our show on June the 8th with, uh, with John Orsick. So be sure to join us. And uh, i just like to tell you uh, two great websites to get onto. And, of course, one of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. All the schedule is up there, all the shows, uh, the free shows, the ticketed events, uh, the big stuff, all that. And you can purchase tickets uh, online very easily. Um, you just do what you have to do. Just follow the directions. And, of course, that's coastaljazz.ca. That's an important website to check out. Another one, of course, is the website of my good friend Brian Nation. That's VancouverJazz.com. And, of course, if you want to find out what's going on in and around Vancouver at all the little venues that are presenting jazz, different nights of the week, you never know. It's not like it's all in one place anymore when the cellar was operating. It's uh, here, there, and everywhere. And, uh, that's why it's a good idea to get onto uh, Brian's website, which is VancouverJazz.com, and uh, he keeps it up to date, and so you can find out what's, uh, who's playing what, where, and when on, um, on his site. And, of course, there's all kinds of other links on that site, too. So two important sites, CoastalJazz.ca and VancouverJazz.com. And, of course, uh, one more mention, my f- good friend Ken Speller, Great saxophone teacher. Well, he teaches clarinet, flute, woodwind instruments, basically. And um, he has lived in Japan for many, many years, was teaching over there. But another one of his attributes is that he is a great woodwind repairman. So if you need work done on your saxophone, your clarinet, your flute, uh, etc., He's the guy to call because he works from his home, so he keeps his prices very, very reasonable. Uh, he doesn't believe in charge. He knows musicians don't have a whole lot of money, and uh, he doesn't believe in charging a lot of money to do his amazing work. And he can get your instrument up to top shape, whether you're a pro, amateur, student, whatever. He can be reached... He's located in North Vancouver, 13th and Lonsdale. Very easy to get there, um, <laughs> providing the bridges are, uh, are flowing. And they usually do it at different times of the day. Anyway, he can be reached by phone at 778-800-1933. That's 778-800-1933. Or you can reach him via email, kspeller, K-S-P-E-L-L-E-R underscore 14 at yahoo.ca, kspeller underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. All right, we're going to take you back to the Village Gate, a great club run by Art DeLugoff in New York City, and my one of my best friends in this world, Mr. John Handy, who is still alive and well. Um, I just talked to him recently, and of course this is from one of his Great Columbia albums. This is an album called New View, in which he uh, put together an all-new band And um, at this time. And it was recorded on June 28, 1967. We have John, of course, on alto saxophone, Bobby Hutcherson on vibes, Pat Martino on guitar, Albert Stinson on bass, the late Albert Stinson, and Doug Sides on drums. And this is John's beautiful version. It's in memory of John Coltrane. And, of course, it's John Coltrane's probably his most famous composition, which was written for his first wife. 
And the piece of music is, of course, Naima. Thank you. 
John Handy on alto saxophone, along with Bobby Hutchison on vibes, Pat Martino on guitar, Albert Stinson on bass, and Doug Sides on drums. That was a reverential version of one of John Coltrane's, if not his most famous composition, Naima, played beautifully by John and company, and uh, recorded at the Village Gate in New York City from the album New View, which came out on Columbia Records. We're going to turn now to guitarist Grant Green. And this is a wonderful album called Iron City, which features um, Grant on guitar. And Grant is my all-time favorite jazz guitarist. No disrespect to anyone else, but I just love Grant Green. I don't. The, it's the sound that he produced on the guitar and just his way of playing. This is Grant in an organ trio setting with Big John Patton on the Hammond organ and Ben Dixon on drums. And we're going to hear two tunes from this album, which is called Iron City. And uh, the first tune is um, a Grant Green composition. That's the title track. And the second tune is, um, of course, the very famous tune from uh, the movie Black Orpheus. And this is the samba from there, and it's called Samba de Orpheus. And uh, those two tunes are what we're going to hear right now. Grant Green.
couple of selections from an album called Iron City by guitarist Grant Green and uh, recorded in 1965 and we heard two tunes of course Grant with uh, Big John Patton on the Hammond organ and Ben Dixon on drums and uh, those are some people that he recorded um, with quite frequently and uh, this is a great album and unpretentious jazz. Actually, it was recorded in 1967 in New York City. And uh, we, the first tune was a Grant Green original called Iron City, the title track. And the second tune was the familiar Samba de Orfeu from the great uh, movie Black Orpheus. All right, Grant Green, Big John Patton, and company. Here is something uh, rather rare. This was recorded in New York at Judson Hall in 1965, and one of the incredible young saxophone players who was just beginning to make a great impression was Charles Lloyd. And he had um, formerly played with uh, Chico Hamilton. Then he took Youssef Latif's place in Cannonball Adderley's band, but then branched out on his own and formed this particular band with an old friend of his who he met uh, in Chico's band, Hungarian guitarist Gabor Zabo. And uh, Gabor, with that incredibly um, beautiful sound that he got on guitar. So we're going to hear Charles on flute and tenor saxophone, along with the great Ron Carter on bass, and Pete LaRocca on drums. Pete LaRocca uh, was a, a nom de plume. Actually, his real name was Peter Sims. 
but uh, he became he was known as uh, as Pete LaRocca. Very, very fine and very open-minded drummer. We're going to hear a composition recorded uh, by Chico Hamilton originally and was one of the hits for that band. And this is, a, this is kind of an updated version of a tune called Lady Gabor, written by, of course, the guitarist Gabor Szabo. And um, as I said, at that time, uh, when this was recorded in September of 1965, Charles had just branched out on his own, and he was making a sizable impression uh, in New York. Charles Lloyd, of course, is now legendary. He's reached that sort of status. But this was an important period in his development. So here, then, is this lengthy version of Lady Gabor, Charles Lloyd and Company.
Charles Lloyd. On flute, I said uh, he was going to play tenor saxophone on this, but uh, no, this is a flute tune. And it featured, of course, Mr. Lloyd uh, playing very adventurously on this tune, written by the guitarist on the date, the great Hungarian-born guitarist Gabor Zabo. On bass, the redoubtable Ron Carter, and on drums, Pete LaRocca Sims. And uh, this was recorded uh, live at uh, Judson Hall in New York City, a small concert hall, September 1965. And uh, one of um, during a time when Charles Lloyd was uh, just beginning his uh, long career, and uh, he was just being uh, treated with all kinds of uh, accolades and hottest young more player in New York at the time, and sort of uh, uh, going on that. And then, of course, um, uh, then he established himself even more with. Um, a group that he formed with uh, Jack D. Jeanette and Cecil McBee on bass and a piano player by the name of Keith Jarrett <laughs> and Charles Lloyd. And uh, that was one of the most amazing groups um, in the uh, late 60s. And they, uh, of course, performed all over the world. But this was the beginning, really, of Charles Lloyd's uh, career as a solo artist. And uh, so this performance, we'll hear more from this. Uh, I've got some other stuff uh, that he did from this period, and it's, uh, it's really very, very interesting and very good listening as well. We're going to turn to a band led by drummer Buddy Rich. Mm-hmm. Back in... 1956, and this is recorded at Birdland. And uh, the people involved here, Buddy's great friend Phil Leshen on bass, Kenny Drew on piano, and an unfairly um, undocumented great trombone player by the name of Ola Hansen. Uh, he didn't make it on too many albums, but this guy could really play. And on alto, saxophone, one of the finest. And uh, again, a great, great musician, one of my all-time favorites, Sonny Chris on alto. We're going to hear two tunes. Uh, the first one is a great tune that uh, was really put on the jazz map by Miles Davis. He claimed composer credit on the tune, and uh, he didn't write it. It was written by a guy named Eddie Cleanhead Vincent, who was an alto saxophonist blues singer. And he wrote this tune. It became a jazz standard. It's called Four. And then the second tune we're going to hear is a Kenny Drew original called The Cinch. So here then is this great band led by drummer Buddy Rich featuring these two guys on... Uh, Ola Hansen on trombone and Sonny Chris on alto saxophone, both very underrated musicians. Check them out. Thank you. 
recorded at Birdland in 1956. That was a band led by drummer Buddy Rich, and it features some great musicians, of course, with Mr. Rich on drums just driving everything along, Phil Leshen on bass, Kenny Drew at the piano, Sonny Chris on the alto saxophone, and Ola Hansen on trombone. And we heard two tunes from that set. Uh, the first one was uh, Eddie Cleanhead, Vincent's great tune, which became a jazz standard called Four. And the second tune was a Kenny Drew original called The Cinch. And uh, so concludes this edition of The Jazz Show. Next week, our jazz feature is something very special. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that's what it's called, The Special Edition. And this was a band that was a very adventurous band, I might add, that was put together by drummer Jack DeJanet. And um, he recorded uh, with this band for ECM Records, and the band is called Simply Special Edition, and it featured David Murray on tenor saxophone and Arthur Blythe on alto saxophone. And Peter Warren is the redoubtable bass player, and, of course, Mr. D. Jeanette on drums. And it's uh, a wonderful album, and it's um, edgy and uh, very different and was a great band that uh, Jack D. Jeanette put together. So we're going to hear that on the next week's jazz feature. And, of course, that opens our show, as it usually does now, and or as it always does now. So we'd like to thank you very much for uh, listening. And those of you that uh, have been around since the beginning of the show, great. And those of you that joined us a little later, great. <laughs> nice, to, uh, nice to see all of you. So take care, and we'll see you in seven days' time. On behalf of CITR FM 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca, and myself, and The Jazz Show, and yours truly, Gavin Walker. I'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.